Today in the podcast, we have Rachel Sklar, who we met in Salzburg, the Mozart 100. In 2019, she, she attempted. attempted 12 ultras in 12 countries? In 12 months. In 12 months. So well, We're, we're going to find out how it went. We're going to find out how it went. <laughs> and uh, what does she have plans for next year? That's right. Welcome to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Discover the inspiring stories of the average and not-so-average runners. And they're off. All right, so welcome to the podcast, Rachel Sklar. Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? Doing well. Don't lie, don't lie. (laughs) (laughs) Trying to navigate, trying to navigate like everybody, right? It's just day by day. Yeah, the the joys of 2020. So you were your region was just put back into lockdown, mm-hmm. and it's just before Christmas. Just before Christmas. I mean, it's not a big deal. Like, I mean, I don't go out. I'm a hermit, anyways. I train. I come home. I sleep. I eat. Like, it doesn't make that much of a difference. It was just going to the gym. So, I mean, I've been online all morning looking at equipment and everything. I'm like, I just need to build this gym, get everything <laughs> set up, and then I don't ever have to worry about it, right? Exactly. I started doing Pilates again after many years of not doing Pilates and it was making a huge difference to, you know, old injuries. And, uh, I literally joined as a membership on March 15th. (laughs) So (laughs) three days later, everything was shut down. And then we were fortunate enough to start up again in September. And now our area is going into red which means gyms are limited to 10 people. So I don't think oh. my gym's even going to bother. You guys are Orangeville, right? Yeah. Yeah. So we're in orange and then Monday we go to red, which is what I think you guys were in. We were in red. Now we just, Monday we go into gray. So we are joining now Peel, Toronto, and was it Windsor, Essex? So Yay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So let's just see how we all remember how we met. How did we meet? Do you remember how we met? So we met at Mozart 100. Yes. And we, you guys were, I guess you guys were just like taking videos, taking photos, checking out the scene. And I don't know, I don't know, did I ask you guys like where you're from or something? And then you're like Ontario and I'm like, oh my, or Canada. I'm like, oh my God, where? And you're like, Ontario. I'm like, oh my God, me too. I never meet any other Canadians. And it was so funny. It was. I think it was at Packet Pickup. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And near the front of the stage, and we were taking pictures and such. And, you know, to hear a voice that sounds North American, (laughs) it it, it tweaks your ear, right? And I think you were preparing to do an interview for Ultra World, Ultra Trail World Tour. Yeah, the the videographer was with me, and he was just filming me throughout there. And yeah. you guys, I was like, ah, what do you do? <laughs> but what you told me earlier was that we missed each other because you came into our store a couple of times there and you're looking at, is that true? You came into our, into our running free store in Orangeville and we weren't yeah. there. We weren't there. Yeah. yeah. I had gone in before and then I got in after. I'm like, where are they? Because you, know? <laughs> you were looking at our belt buckles and that in that glass. And you're like, who are these yeah. people? <laughs> It was very impressive. I was like, damn. That was mostly him. (laughs) So that was cool. Did you enjoy Mozart? We did enjoy Mozart. 
It was, uh... It was just so hot. My gosh. It was a major heat wave. It was yeah. hot. Yeah. And then, I don't know what time you finished, but I finished in that downpour. Just the the final climb where you're in the city of Salzburg and you think you're near the finish line. And then they made you climb that crazy hill with all the steps. I was so angry. I think people around me were like, what is wrong with her? <laughs> I, was, I was angry. I was like, when are we going to stop climbing? I just, and then somebody told me, I'm like, how long to the end? They're like 20K. I'm like, what? Because I looked to my watch. I'm like, there's no way it's another 20K. I was like freaking out. And then I went around the bend and up. I was like there. I was like, oh, thank God. <laughs> but yeah, it was, it was a good race. It was really hot, though. But it was too bad that we saw we were climbing the stairs at in the dark because we didn't get to see what Joe oh, saw. Yeah, yeah, the view. That's the thing. We were climbing in the dark and it's like, wow, I didn't see any of that. So. You know what, though? I didn't care about the view. <laughs> I just wanted to get to the finish line. Who cares about the view? I'll go look at it tomorrow. <laughs> but I thought I thought the race was almost closing. Yes. Because he tore everything down. I was like, well, I'm so ahead. Like, I'm, I'm far ahead from, like, the oh, That's right. going on. I was like, I don't know what time you came in. 30 but minutes before like, you. 30 minutes. When you crossed the finish line, I was having a beer in the tent. Okay, okay. <laughs> but... It was, it was a yeah, we were, I was there with our, my two other friends who finished earlier and we were waiting for Norm and I was shocked at how much teardown they had done. It was, it was really disappointing actually yeah. because, you know, we knew he was not near the cutoff time. There was still plenty of time to go and here they are tearing things down. It was so disappointing. We made that comment when we did our review because, you know, yeah. you, you shouldn't even attempt at starting taking down a, a finish line until the last person's cross. Yeah, have the last person have the same experience as the first person, I think. Yeah. Yeah, anyway. Yeah, because I think the first few people, I mean, maybe, I don't know what time they finished. Maybe it was still daylight. But when I finished, I was like, I didn't even know where to go. Because as you go and you cross under the arches, I was like, oh, my God. Like, I didn't, it, it was just, a, it was weird. It was a good race, though. But it yeah. was just, uh, yeah. I think I emailed the race director, too. I'm like, guys, like, maybe next year don't tear it down so fast. Yeah, that's exactly. True. Yeah too bad but we'll see i just want to get to a start line that's all that i'm thinking about <laughs> speaking of start lines let's talk about when did you start becoming a runner i started running must be seven seven years ago eight years ago but not running to like run marathons like i was a i used to do muay thai and so mm -hmm. i moved to thailand and i hated running like hated running and never understood it I'm like I don't understand how these people are jogging outside like I hated putting one foot in front of the other like I don't get it but we would have to run every morning so uh, the first day I was there they're like we're going for a 5k dying like I was dying I was like Ugh! like out of breath like my knees hurt my back hurt I'm like I can't do this but then those 5ks eventually turned into 10ks and the 10ks turned into 15ks and then I came back to Toronto and I was still training in Muay Thai and every day we'd have to run 10k and yeah, then one day, I think it was about five years ago, four years, five years ago, I'm like, I'm going to run a marathon. And I like <laughs> Googled how to write, how to run a marathon. And I put in the kilometers and I finished like not gracefully. It took me forever, but I finished. And wow. that was kind of the, the start of this whole running thing. And right. then, uh, I think from that point, it was eight months later than I ran my first 100 mile 
which wow. I don't understand how I did it because I, I didn't know how to train for it. Like it was in Argentina. It was like a hundred percent self-sufficient. I didn't know what I was getting myself into. It had like 7,000 meters of elevation change. Oh my gosh. Like my hill training were these like baby hills in Hyde Park. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is great hill training, you know? <laughs> and I mean, God knows how I finished. Like I ran out of food. I didn't, I didn't know anything. Right. Like, wow. It was self-sufficient. There was no aid station. Like the water you got was from like streams. Like all I had, I packed like gels. Like I was living on gels in an ultra. Like I had no idea what I was doing. But what made and you take that on then? I, what made you decide to, this is what I'm going to do. What, like an ultra or that race? That race. Yeah. Well, what made you decide to go there? This is what's going to be my first one. And I had, so before that I ran, uh, conquer the Pinup. So it was like a semi, <laughs> like a ultra. I'm like, okay, yeah, I think I can do this. But like, you don't understand what a hundred miles is at that point. Like, I thought, okay, I ran like 90K in two days. Like, I think I can do 100 miles. But I was just looking on the computer and I was looking at all these races and there was something about that race. And I don't know if it was the video or <laughs> something. It was like, it, it was like, the, it was, it spoke to my soul, like something that I needed to do. And it was so inspiring. And I just pictured myself in Patagonia through like, like the mm. Andes on these incredible like ridges. I'm like, you know, that was the first time the mountains really spoke to my soul. Wow. Like, okay, this is what I have to do. And, like, I got there, and it was, like, it was incredible. Like, the, the Andes is just, like... Mind-blowing. Mind-blowing. <clears throat> yeah. And, I mean, should I have prepared? And, and you know... But how could you prepare for that? Up. How could you prepare for that? In Ontario. In Ontario. I mean, yeah, like, now I go up to, like, Blue Mountain, and that, that's where I train, like, hill. But, like... You just kind of got to go with the flow. But, like, the fact that it was self-sufficient, yeah, that was tough. That yeah. was tough. And, like, I slept on the side. Like, we had to carry a bivy sack because, like, you're going to sleep at some point. Right. Because it was just insane, like, just the topography and everything. And I just remember, like, pitching my little bivy on the side of a cliff. And I was so tired. And I'm like, I don't even care if I fall off. And, like, I guess the bivy had... <laughs> falling into the trail and I felt people jump over me right I was like <laughs> oh my god but yeah I mean it was it was an amazing experience though so after that you come back to Ontario what was what were you thinking what was going through your mind when you came back to Ontario after experiencing that I say it that. <laughs> hmm? say it <laughs> depression <laughs> well yes okay so yes so after <laughs> After that break, no, okay, so after that, the edema, like, I had, like, cankles for, like, two weeks. I had, like, my my feet were so cold, I could not walk. And then it's, like, you have the high from the ultra, and then I had never experienced that type of low and depression mm. after an ultra. Like, I didn't do anything for three weeks. Like, I was, like, I was so proud of myself for finishing, but then I was, like, in my room, like, crying. I'm, like, why, why am I crying? I was so depressed, right? Yeah, yes. You go from this, like, the roller coaster of emotions. And then, uh, yeah, I mean, it took me like a few weeks to emotionally kind of get back to a steady state. Yeah. Then Believe me, we understand. <laughs> we understand. The come down is hard. It, is hard. Races. it yeah. is hard. It is hard. And then you're back online looking for the next one, right? <laughs> yeah. And like, while you're racing, you're like, I'm never going to do this again. I'm never, why do I do this to myself? And then like a few weeks later, you're like, 
Um, yeah, you're like on an ultra sign up where you're like looking at all the races. You're like, well, what am I doing next? What am I doing next? What's addiction? <laughs> Is that what sparked your uh, world tour in 2019? So after that, I did like, I did MDS. And then I kept looking at like the ultra tour world tour. And I'm like, I like I wanted to do every race. I'm like, they were just so inspiring in every country. And then finally, I just got to this point. I'm like, why not just try to do it? Right? Right. And I kind of put the idea into, you know, into the world and things played out and I ended up running. I mean, I didn't finish every race because it was way too much. And I had spoken to like, even some of the elites, like I was speaking to Lucy Bartholomew and she's like, you're not, you, it's going to be impossible for you to finish every race. She's like, you can't put yourself on the start line every single month or even sometimes twice a month and expect to finish. And she's like, it's an amazing idea, but it's really challenging. And I'm like, I know. Like, yeah. <laughs> you know, and you, you're like, I, I know. It, it, it was literally insane. It was an incredible experience. But, I mean, to do it every single month and plus traveling and time change. And it was like I was going from, like, Canada to Europe, Canada to Australia, mm. Canada back to Europe. And oh, it was wow. like it was, it was so much. And, like, for me, it was, like, on a recovery standpoint that I was finishing every other race. So it was, like, I know my body where it's, like, I can race and I take a month off. I can race again. Right. Like, and it, it's it's mental. It's physical. It's emotional. Like, you need that time to decompress on every single level, I guess, because otherwise you break. And, like, that happened to me. Like, it was just way too much. It was an incredible experience. Hell yeah. Like, <laughs> I got to travel, like, the world. And it was so cool. And, like, if I'm going to do something like that again, I kind of live those experiences and now I know how to do it going forward and right. I think experience is your best friend right absolutely so let's relive this experience 2019 we're going to go uh, between each race and we're going to talk about each one the good the bad the ugly of each race oh god there was a lot of bad in <laughs> <laughs> so it all started 2019 in what month so uh, I started in I was supposed to start earlier, but just in terms of funding and getting the ball rolling with sponsorships, it took me a bit longer than anticipated. So I started, I guess it was late February and I was in Trans Grand Canaria. Mm, okay. But what happened yep. was the, the, the gentleman who was filming me, I'll know he had come to Toronto. He was filming me. We were out filming and I slipped, I fell and I hurt my knee and it was all black, like it was black ice. And this is like two weeks before Trans Grand Canaria. I couldn't walk. Okay, I could not walk. I had trained for it. So I was like, what am I going to do? So I had gone to physio, a chiropractor. They're like, it's just inflammation under your kneecap. Like, you should be okay. I still couldn't run, but I flew there. And I'm like, maybe if I ice it, maybe if I'm like, you know, drinking like ginger and like, like greens, it'll like take away the swelling. Anyways, I, I took the star line. I was in pain and I made it to kilometer 80 at kilometer 80 that was at 7500 meters so i had climbed 7500 meters the problem was the rest of the race was descending and i couldn't descend oh, wow. yeah. so i could climb i couldn't descend it's yeah. just the pressure on my knee and like when he was filming me like it was always at the worst like i'm sobbing i'm crying and then there was the, the official and he's like you timed out and that was the start of this year oh. it was a dnf i was like oh my i can't believe i'm starting off with a dnf 
DNF. And that was my first ever DNF. So it was like a hard blow for me to start the year like that. Mm. And for my first DNF, like, I was just like in bed crying for so like, I honestly, like last year, I was just crying the whole year. <laughs> it was, that was, that was tough. It was an amazing race. And I think that's a race that like, I have a bone to pick that I want to go back and finish it because ah. I was so close. Like I had climbed it. I just couldn't descend it. So I mean, eventually I do want to go back and finish it because I know I can do it. Sure. It's just both legs have to be intact. <laughs> So that's race number one. The first one, DNF. That's okay. So that's the ugly. But the good is the place. The bad is the knee. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay. Second one. Um, and then I came back to Toronto. Um, I hired a strength and conditioning coach because I didn't think I was doing it properly. And he's like, you need to really strengthen up your ITB. You need to strengthen up your, like, your knees and everything. And you need to be doing more static um, exercise. So it was a lot of squats, deadlifts, a lot of band work to really mm. work at ITB. And then it was Istria. Oh, so, I, I would oh, love to go to Istria. Very that, cool. Yeah. Like, huh? That's the oldest start line, I think, on the, on the, on the, um, tour, right? It's, it's 3,000 year old, the start line, but it's a small little, the town, the mean? town, I mean, it's a small town that you start from. Yeah. 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 That, I think that's 3,000 year old, I think. Wow. I did some research on that one. Got to go there. Go. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) With that one, I didn't really know what to anticipate. Like, I heard so many good things from people. They're like, oh, it's an amazing experience. And, like, just watching the video, I'm like, yeah, it looks okay. Like, I don't know what everyone's talking about. But I was like, it's fine. And I, I connected with a girl on Instagram, and she was there. And so we took the star line together and we were together for the first, I would say 90 kilometers. Wow. And she's like, she's a good runner. She's from Chamonix and she's like this little small thing. And every single time we were at like an aid station, I would like try to sit. She's like, no, sitting, we only have five minutes. Go, 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 go. It's like, oh my God, okay, okay, okay. And so we blasted through the first half pretty fast. And then my knee started hurting again. And then I'm like, okay, go. I'm going to be too slow. And I was way ahead of the cutoff. I'm like, okay, I have time. I can just take my time. I have like another, you know, 70K to go. And then I think just because I was going a bit slower, I got hypothermia. Oh. So I got to one of the medic tents and I was a mess. Like I was shaking. Like it was freezing cold. Like we had snow on the summit. Like it was completely unexpected for that region. And oh, wow. I was in the medic tent for like five hours. And wow, wow. After yeah, it was bad. I was blue. Okay, like it was, I was freezing, freezing cold. But I was like, I kept looking at my watch. I'm like, I told them, like, wake me up in an hour. I, and like, it was like a countdown, right? I'm like, it was the last hour. I'm like, okay, I, I gotta get moving. I gotta go. And my legs had seized because I was lying down. So I'm, I get up. I'm like, oh god, right? And so it was another thirty k to the end. And like I had just made the cutoff by maybe an hour. Wow! And like I and I was like I was I was just so happy because it was a miler and it was tough and I had hypothermia and my knee hurt and then I was like, okay, I need like five beers after this and just chill. <laughs> but I, like, history is it really is magical. It's one of those races like like when you're in the midst of the battle, you're like, why am I like I don't understand it? But then in, in retrospect, you're like, there's something really magical and special mm. about this race and like the organizers the every like it, everything it's done so so well and like the race is really it's amazing so so now you know why they were they were all praising it even though it yeah. didn't look that exciting 
Yeah, I, that's Cro- really Croatia, like, right? Croatia, I would recommend anybody. That's Croatia, right? Croatia, yeah. Yeah, so the first one was in... What country? Trans, uh, Canary, Grand Canary. Grand Canary, yeah. then Croatia. Okay. How much time, what was the time cutoff in uh, Isteria? Um, I think it was 40 something hours. Yeah, I wow. think so. Yeah. It's a tough, tough yeah. race. Tough, tough race. Yeah, like the first, the first half is like a lot of up and down and climbing. And then I, the last 30 is pretty flat, but it also plays tricks on your mind because it's flat and mm. you're like, I just want this to be over and you're tired by the end of it. So mm. it's like, for some races it's flat and then it's hilly and, you know, either way it, it's going to be challenging. But yeah, I mean, it, it's a hundred miles, like any of those races, no matter what you do, it's, it's yeah, tough. Of course. Yeah. Okay. Next country and what race? So then I, so my knee was like triple the size of the other one. I remember my chiro- I posted a picture and my chiropractor's like, mm-hmm. he's like, that knee does not look healthy. He's like, don't even like, he's like, you need to like rest, elevate. And I was like, but I'm racing in two weeks. He's like, <laughs> he's like, I, I don't even know what to say. Okay. So then from there I flew to Madeira. So I was supposed to start mute. So, um, my old coach met me in Madeira and I said to him, I'm like, he was on his way there. I'm like, Nick, I don't think I'm going to do this race. And he's like, what? <laughs> I was like, honestly, just for longevity, like mm-hmm. as much as I want to do it, like it's not a smart move. And I was going to a physiotherapist there and he's like, you know, he's like, mute is a very, very tough race. It's it was 7,200 and it's just, it's up, down, up, down, up, down, mm. up, down. He's like, you don't have any flat. Like he's like, it's too much on your body. He's like, I was going every single day. And then he's like, ultimately he's like, I can't make the decision for you. Mm. He's like, you know, what's best for your body. So I, I made the decision. I'm like, I'm not going to race. I'm going to enjoy Madeira. Mm. And I still got to train. I got out to do these like mini runs and I got to see like the incredible Island and yeah, I just, if I didn't mute, I feel like I would have done permanent damage. And yeah. I think that's what's important. Like, you have to be smart about yeah. these things, right? That, that could have been the end of your tour right there. It could have been, yeah, for mm-hmm. sure. So I'm like, a race is a race, and you can always replace it with another. You can't replace your body, and you have to, like, you want longevity in the sport. You just have to, you know, take a few steps back to go forward, and that's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you have to let your body heal. Like, these races take so much out of you that if you don't allow yourself to heal, then... Could be the end. Could be the end. Yeah. yeah. Okay, wow. so you had a good time off then from Hysteria to the fourth race, right? Well, the third one you yes. didn't do. So the third one you did not do. Third one I didn't do. And then I came home and I was only home for a week, week and a half, and then I flew to Australia. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> so not much time. <laughs> not much time. And like that flight, like everything was. I felt like it was kind of rushed going into UTA. I got there. I like, I tried to adjust the time and I mean, Australia was like cool and whatever. Um, yeah, I, I don't know what it was about Australia, but I took the start line and I just, I didn't feel well to begin with. I was vomiting on course for like 15, 16 hours. Wow. I'm really, really stubborn. And I was like, I couldn't keep anything in, but I kept going, right? So I was really running on fumes the entire time. I was like, okay, like, it's fine. Like, I'm just going to get to an aid station, lie down. Like, the, I think it was uh, 
I think I only had maybe 30k left, but I, like finally I'm like I need to just lie down, try to get food. I was ahead of the cutoff. I'm like I could take a few hours here, and I'll know the videographer was with me, and he's just looking at me. He's like, you, you need to stop. Like, you know, I'm like, no, no, it's fine. Like I'm, I'm just gonna like try to get some bread or potatoes, <laughs> something bland. If I lie down, it, it'll stay down. And then I was like, I, I tried to sleep for about an hour or two, and then I got back up. And then I like I was disoriented, like I was mm. a complete disaster. And then I left, and I started. And I mean, UTA is literally all stairs, so I started going up the stairs, and I started vomiting again. And Elle knows, like, stop, like you need to stop, like put up the white flag. I'm like, no, and I like got all pissed. I'm like, leave, go. And then I was climbing, and then I felt something like my my chest was like it, it was like tight, like it was like I felt like I was gonna have a heart attack, Ooh. right? And I was. I was like, okay, no. So I called him. I'm like, okay, yeah, I'm done, right? Like, I'm like, no, no, no. That, I mean, I was vomiting for so long, and I really, I that was not smart at all. Um, what part of Australia you know, was this? It was the Blue Mountains. Blue Mountains, okay. Oh, yeah, the Blue Mountains. Blue Mountains. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We have a story about the Blue Mountains. <laughs> In Australia? Yeah. We went there, but we didn't see anything. There was fog that literally you could put your hand out and your hand disappeared. Yeah. And and we went into the gift shop and saw all the postcards of what it was supposed to look like. And we're like, no, it doesn't look like that. That was... When did you guys go? January. Of 2016? Yeah. Or 17? During the summer months. Yeah. Hey, guys. If you like what you're hearing so far, give us a like and follow our social media. Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. You can find all that at gotterunracing.com. And follow The Ultra Norm and Shark Runner 17 on Instagram for exciting behind the scenes stuff. Like, guess what? They're married to each other. Wild, right? Now, back to the show. So, how was the knee in Australia? Or did you forget about the knee because you were throwing up so much? The knee was fine. But it actually turned out, so I finished the race. I mean, I didn't finish the race. I I DNF that one. I went to lie down. I was, like, really, I thought I would have to be rushed to the hospital. Like, I couldn't, like, my chest was so tight, and, like, my body was cramping because I had been vomiting so long. Like, I, my potassium, everything was so low that, like, my, my body was like this. Like, I couldn't, like, my electrolytes were so out of whack that yeah. it took me a few days just to be able to, like, loosen up again. But... It turned out in my hotel, people were vomiting. People had food. So we had food poisoning from our hotel because I got the next morning, I go downstairs and like, I see a few of the racers and I'm like, I'm like white. I'm like gray. And I'm, they're like, what are you throwing up to? I'm like, what do you mean? And they're like, yeah, we were vomiting. <gasps> I was like at the front door. Um, so I, I maybe was something at the hotel because we all had breakfast that morning, but I don't know. It was just, it was kind of coincidental, but yeah, I mean, Australia was, all I remember was just like throwing up and eating ginger chews and like, you know. (laughs) So how'd the race go? You you finished this race or no? You did not finish this race? No, she pulled herself out. You pulled yourself out. Okay. (laughs) This is another ugly. Oh. That so, sucks. So we'll, we'll, yeah. move, we'll move on quickly. <laughs> I know the good stories are coming. Then we go to Mozart. Oh, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, Mozart, great race. Um, 
Yeah. I mean, you guys were there. I finished <laughs> that one. Um, and then I had two weeks to recover. No. Was it? What did I do in between them? Mozart was oh June, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mozart was June. Was it Lavaredo? Yes. Okay. Then it was Lavaredo. So, oh. It's the theme of I'm finishing every other one. So right. we get to Lavaredo, okay? It was super hot. That was when, like, so it was even hotter than in Mozart. Cortina is beautiful. It was, like, it was picturesque. And I had, like, a great recovery off and, like, training through the Alps and everything. So Lavaredo started. It was fine. We got stuck on a passage. We all got heat stroke, and then I don't, but I don't actually think I was recovered enough for Mozart, because I was only two weeks after Mozart. Right. So really, like, I was really tired. Like, on my first climb in Lavaredo, I was already tired. Like, my legs were tired. My glutes were tired. I'm like, this is going to be tough. Yeah. And I, I think it was from the heat or something. I, I really, I didn't feel well at all towards the end. Like, I was getting, like, vertigo. So, um, I went to the medic tent. I'm like, I just need to lie down for like 20 minutes. Like, I'm fine. Like, I just, I'm kind of dizzy right now. Maybe my, my blood sugar is low. And they're like, okay. And then they checked my oxygen saturation. It was at 80. Ooh. They're like, you're done. We're calling your race. They're like, your oxygen is at 80. It should be at 90, 95, or 95 to 99. Yeah. I put up the biggest seat. I'm like, no, I'm fine. I have 17K to the end. I'm like, just give me one hour. Let me finish this race. They're like, your oxygen is at 80. They're like, you're done. I was like fighting tooth and nail. They're like pushing me onto the bus to go back to the start. Like, I was pissed. I was really pissed about that. But I'm like, okay, whatever. Okay. So that was Labyrinto. Oh. Then I had two weeks before Iger. So I was, so I had still run a hundred kilometers of Lavaredo. Like, so, I mean, I was, I still put in all these kilometers. So, I mean, I was really tired. That was like the three Alps races. It was Mozart to Lavaredo to Iger. Mm. Got to Iger. By the time I got to Iger, mentally, I was like, I was exhausted. Like, I'm like, how am I taking another start line? Like, I just didn't, I didn't even really want to be there. But I was like, I mean, I'm in Grindelwald. Like, it's beautiful. I'm going to try my best. Took the start line. Iger is bloody tough. Because it's 50K up, down, and then, like, the 50K go off and they finish. And then you get to, like, the main checkpoint. And then you have, an, like, a thousand-meter climb. And you're just like, why, Iger, why? And I finished Iger and it was amazing. It was wow. super, super, super tough. Like, That's great. They, like, yeah, it, it was, I mean, it's all, like, it's alpine, like, it's just, like, Lavaredo, it's just, I mean, a lot of it you can run, some of it you can't, like, it's just so much steep climbing, descent, Yeah. and then after Iger, I was like, okay, it was, like, three months, uh, three races in a month and a half, like, I just mm. needed to chill and not do anything, not think about running, so I went back to Italy, and I just kind of recuperated there, or took time off. But, but, then, but what made you pick these races in that order of so i was trying to do 12 ultras in 12 months in 12 countries that was the whole mm. premise of the okay of the um the year but like how it turned out it was like i couldn't do that many in one year and when i was trying to formulate it i'm like okay like 
how am I going to jump from race to race and do these races that make sense so I'm not flying all over the world mm. where I can kind of just base it oh, in one yeah. place and just go from here. And so I'm like, okay, perfect. You're in Austria to Italy to Switzerland. Like, it was just like, yeah, yeah, like yeah, yeah, just, yeah. That worked out so perfectly. Right. Um, otherwise, I mean, the, like the Australia race is kind of out there. Mm. I mean, if I started in January, I would have had to do... I was supposed to do um, Hong, Hong Kong, Kong 100 to Terria. Yeah. So, I mean, that's even like you're just flying all over the world. It's it's tough. Yeah. Yeah. So you, re- you took some time off in Italy then? Yeah. I took like three weeks off. I was in Italy, like northern Italy. I was <sighs> like, this is nice. Like, I'm still <laughs> running, but I was enjoying myself. I was like, okay. Like, I was just kind of basing there. I didn't want to go home yet. I was like, okay, for like Italy was amazing and then finally i flew home um and then it was harikana mm. and i don't think that should be I, easy I, <laughs> compared to know, the alps <laughs> no you know what like i i think i was really tired after that whole thing because really i had a month off in between it was like a month and i after Iger. I had no desire to take a start line. Like at that point, yeah. it really started to, that was the beginning of me breaking mentally mm-hmm. and emotionally. And when I got to Quebec, I was like, there was like no excitement. Like I just mm-hmm. didn't want to race. And like, I was like, I'm on home turf, you know, like I should want to be doing Harikana. Like this is exciting. We're in Canada. Like we're filming in Canada and I didn't finish Harikana. And it was raining that day or something or all day or something. It was weird with Harikana because I definitely, like, the group I was with, like, we were not the last ones before cutoff. Like, I remember passing people and passing people and passing people. But then eventually there was, like, a group of, like, 10 of us who were kind of, like, in this race block and we were always together. And we see the truck closing behind us and we're like, how are we the last one? So everybody else had timed out. I think it was, I mean, it was snowing. It was September. Like, wow. it was just, it, I, Kana, as although it, it's like 4,400 meters, it really is a tough, tough race. I've heard it's like, technical. It's technical trail. It's very technical. Yeah. And the winner of Kana was like, that was tougher than Trans Grand Canaria. Wow. Like, wow. Just because... Like, you guys know, just from, like, running on the Bruce, like, just, like, with roots and rocks and everything, you're always picking up your feet, like, double the amount of time. But in that region of Quebec, it was just, there's so many roots and rocks, you're really having to pick up your feet even oh, more. Wow. And it, it's, so, although the the elevation isn't super high, it's it's still super, super, super tough. Yeah. Do you like a technical race, or would you rather have elevation and just deal with that? Like, what do you prefer? That's a good question. I'm used to training on the brew, so it's roots, it's rocks and stuff. But, like, I love arid, dry type of climates, like, more in the Alps. Like, I love big climbs, and I feel like I do better in those areas mm-hmm. than I do in technical, even though I train on, like, kind of, you know, like the Bruce, which is pretty technical in some places. But for me, like, i rather just be in the Alps and, like, do big climbs and big descents and right. kind of rocky. Yeah, That's what I I love that stuff. It's funny because when we we did Zion a couple of years ago in Utah, oh cool. yeah, yeah, and yeah. you the race starts with a climb up to the top of a mesa, 
and you're on huge boulders and you would think that running on a boulder would would be kind of easy because we are used to the smaller technical terrain yet the that mentally it really shook me because i just i never knew where where to put my foot even though it was this huge yeah. boulder and i was like i slowed right down cuz i just i've never done it before yeah. yet if you yeah. look at, in the grand scheme of things it really wasn't technical no. it was just something i'd never right. done so i was very hesitant yeah. so early in yeah. the race but yeah it is interesting how technical what people consider technical or yeah. what their challenge is right because I'm not a yeah. good climber at all. I'm terrible on climbs. So when you're talking about all these big climbs, I was like, oh my gosh. That's <laughs> <laughs> not for me. <laughs> so what happened Wait, after? After Haikana? Yeah. I think I know it's after Haikana. Cappadocia? Cappadocia. Yes. Was it? <laughs> that sounds like the, the best one. Well. <laughs> well, Cappadocia. At that point, that was when I broke. Like, <laughs> like that was that was the breaking point for me was Cappadocia. Like, before going into Iger, I was like, you know, I was emotional. But going into Cappadocia, like, I was a shell of myself. Like, it was, I, I didn't even know what to do. Like, Al know was with me, the videographer, and I was crying like I like I can't take another start line what am I doing like why am I here like it was just it was too much right and after a while you start to lose yourself like putting yourself on the start line every single month and if you're not taking that necessary time off Mm -hmm. that happens and I just remember like prior to the race like we're like packing up our things and like we're we're dropping them and like one of the photographer comes up to me and he's like what's wrong with you like you look like you know, and I'm like, I'm like, just go, go, go. And like, I took the start line. Everybody's so excited. And like, Cappadocia was like my dream race. Like, I was like, so excited to be there. And like, I was formulating the year around this one race. Like, mm. it's just, it's beautiful. It's breathtaking. And I took the start line and everybody's like screaming and excited. And I'm just like, <laughs> I was like, not a race. Here we go. Yeah. And it was, it's a good race. Like a lot of it, like the first half is pretty flat and then it's three big climbs and then you finish. But I mean, for that one, the only way for me to finish was just like eight station to eight station to eight mm. station. And like, I had to just like, it was like, okay, 10 more K to the next, next one, break, reset, 12 K to the next one, break, reset. And that was the only way for me to finish. And I finished the front, like the finish line. It was like, no yeah. expression, <laughs> nothing. I was like, I really need to like tone it down. Like I need to step back and like, find myself again and so after after Cappadocia I came back I was in serious depression for like two months like it took Mm. me a long time to just you know find my voice find myself and then I was supposed to restart um I was supposed to finish that year with um so in 2020 so this year I was supposed to do Trans-Grand Canaria and then finish with HK100 Mm. or sorry HK100 to Trans-Grand Canaria right but so it would have been like a whole year. So from the time I started, so right. I was going to re- I was going to redo trans grand Canaria as like the last race. But, um, for January, there was all the political riots in Hong mm, Kong. That's right. were like, I don't, you should go right now to Hong Kong and do this race. Like, I don't think it's smart. So I'm like, okay, fine. And then 
in February, people are like, you shouldn't be traveling. Like there's a lot going on with COVID. I'm like, no, it's fine. And like, I had friends who did transfer in Canary and some of them had problems even coming back. Like, so I'm like, Mm. as much as I did want want to finish like the last two races of the year of like 12 and 12, I'm like, okay, maybe it was a good thing that I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Um, I just was thinking about what you said about your mental state in Cappadocia and the fact that, you know, when you do all of the training leading up to a race, and I think it's true that, you know, 90% of getting to the finish line on race day is mental at that point. So not having that, you know, capacity to wrap your head around it at that point, it's worse than having the bum knee. Wouldn't you agree? Because you can power through the pain of a, a physical injury but the mental yeah, if you're not there mentally and it's over and as we've all struggled this year it's become more obvious like how do you get through the mental you have to find the the things that bring you the joy and remember why you're doing it in the first place right so yeah. maybe in a way it's good that you didn't get to hong kong because you've needed the time to bring that all back again right yeah like at the end of the day like you have to you have to know what your why is and then you can endure anyhow. And with that, it's like, if you don't know what your why is, you can't endure. No. And so you need to really take that time for yourself to recuperate mentally, physically, emotionally, to be able to go on and be stronger. And you learn lessons about yourself and what you're fully capable of and what, like, what is your boundary? Like, when right. enough is enough. So, I mean, was that your learning experience? Like, was it how I turned out? Definitely not. But, like, I'm also not ashamed of it. Like, so, you know, people are like, oh, but you didn't finish this race. You didn't. I'm like, but that's okay. And, like, I've always been candid about that. I'm like, it's okay to fall. I'm like, you just need to get up. Like, if you don't fall, you don't learn. If you don't learn, you don't grow. That's And that's what's the most important thing. Like, people are so afraid. And, like, I see people on social media. They don't want to come forward and they're like, oh, you know, we DNF'd and they're ashamed of it. But I've always been like, I mean, I always post when I'm crying, when I'm upset, because I think it's important for people to realize that the ultra world isn't only elite athletes, it's like mm-hmm. ordinary people every day doing these things. And sometimes you succeed and sometimes you don't. But I mean, we're human beings. Like That's we fall, right. we get back up. We That's fall, right. we get back up. Like we're resilient. Right. right. It, it's not the Instagram life. Yeah, it's, it's definitely not. It's, <laughs> no. You know, Instagram life is not real. And I, I look on Instagram and that's why I took a step back too. Cause I'm like, you know, it, you have to take it with a grain of salt and you see people who are, they don't show their real emotion. So mm-hmm. it's like, you know, when you're trying, everybody's in a different place right now. And sometimes you look at that and you're like, why am I feeling like this? And they're doing so well. Right. So it's like, sometimes just like logging off of social media, taking that step back and yeah. putting your phone down and just, logging on to real life and what's in front of you is it's good for your mental health. It's just good for mental clarity and absolutely putting things into perspective. I know people were saying uh, kind of at the beginning, the first trimester of COVID that they, they couldn't look on social media when people were posting their home workouts because it made them feel bad. <laughs> and I know for me, I was like, one day I'm cleaning out closets, I'm baking cookies, I'm knitting, and the next day I wasn't getting off the couch. And I finally started to like have that conversation with my friends because I think we were all sort of feeling hesitant to share the emotions we were going through because we were all going through them. But yet, when I said that, they're like, yeah, I was exactly the same. And that made me feel better to know that it wasn't just me, right? Yeah. 
But yeah. it's it's definitely been a struggle, especially to stay on a good routine. I don't know about you. I'd yeah. like to ask you that because for me, I need that race and then I will commit to my training. Whereas Norm will run five times a week and just because he wants to run five times a week, that's not me at all. So have you had that drive to keep going? I know I saw lots of um, posts that you were up on the Bruce and exploring new areas and that kind of makes it fun, right? To keep it fresh. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, so I had races planned for 2020 and then they all get like, they were all canceled or postponed. And I was like, I wasn't really in the position to travel anyways. Like I'm like, I needed just to find something to keep myself motivated. Like I run, you know, I run to run and I love running, but yeah, like, you know, sometimes like to amp up your training, you're like, okay, like I have a race and like, this is what I'm going to do. But I'm like, okay, I need to do something that will just be something like that. So I did a a bunch of like big efforts. Like I did a 200 mile run solo and, but I had fun with it like there was no time limit like I camped in my car like I drove from like I do out and back drive to the next point out and back and like I just had fun with it so I did 200 miles then I did a 500k peninsula and like it was just it was fun right like I was just like all right it gives me something to occupy my mind um and then I did the, the I did a solo Everest challenge at Blue Mountain I mean that was fun but I mean apart from that I just tried to stay as can consistent as I can but I am not like I'm not doing like crazy crazy big miles when I don't need to it's just every day putting in a little bit of effort whatever you can do you can do right and that's kind of been you know the theme of this year and just trying to maintain my cardio trying to maintain a a good steady state of something but also like I have days where I just don't feel like training mm-hmm. like I just like I'm on the couch watching Netflix I'm reading a book like <laughs> I'm baking like I mean it's just you have to just how you feel like you, yeah. you know you can't be every single day like grind 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 like of course like training is good for your mental health and like if I'm not running I'm maybe just lifting weights or doing yoga or just doing something other than running yeah but yeah I mean it's it's been a tough year to navigate right and sure has it's, it's just I, I do these little challenges to kind of get myself excited for training in whatever context that is. Yeah. Are you still planning? Well, I know it's a tough question because we really don't know if we're even allowed to travel at this point until we get a vaccine, right? But yeah. your goal is to definitely do two more of the Ultra Tour? Well, they just opened well, it back up. Yeah. I have races for 2021. Um, most of them are in the later half of the year. But I also brought on a proper coach. So now, like, mm-hmm. it's been a few weeks. I'm like, I'm, I mean, I'm tired. Like, I couldn't even get out of bed this morning, right? Like, I'm, it's really like when you're doing it properly, it's like, okay, like, this is what I was doing wrong. And it's just, you know, I want to be better. I want to do better. And yeah, I mean, next year will be, I mean, everything is a big unknown, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, like it would be cool to do some more of the ultra world tour races, but there are so many other ones that mm. like I'm doing a few sky races with great mm. organizations because I just love, love Big Bird. And so that'll be exciting, but it's all towards the later half of the year. But again, like, I mean, who knows if like I'll be able to even get there. I'm, I have friends who are traveling, but it's like right now, I don't think is the smartest time to travel. And I don't, I, I'm not going to travel right now. Maybe. Yeah more towards like May. 
Yeah. We'll see. Right. Like, I mean, nobody knows at this point. No, no, exactly. Yeah. I mean, this morning I was like walking like, Oh my God. Oh my God. (laughs) Thanks for getting up for us. (laughs) There's some races out there that take a long time to get into like Western States or UTMB or hard rock. Are those any of those on your radar at all? Have you put your ticket in for you for Western States at all or anything like that? Well, I've never been super excited for Western States. I mean, it's um, an incredible race, and I see it. I was like, oh, my God. But I don't know. Western States, maybe one day for me, it's like UTMB, 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 yeah. UTMB, or TDF. Yeah. Um, and I think TDS is now almost harder than UTMB. I think they made the elevation more. Oh, wow. But, I mean, any – yeah, I, I think last year – I guess not last year, the year before, like – the people who did TDS were like, that was harder than UTMB. Like, it's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Western States, maybe one day. But for me, it's like, I just love the Alps. Like, that's my end goal to end up somewhere there. Like, I'd love to live in Chamonix, get a job out there, or mm-hmm. even like somewhere in Italy. Like, that's where I want to end up. Right. It's just, for me, Europe is home. Like, yeah. Toronto is just where I live. It's not home, you know. Where were you from, Rachel, originally? Here. Here, yeah. But I understand what you're saying. It's not yeah. where you consider yourself to be home. So are, are you actively working towards that goal of living in Europe? Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. So I was supposed to be living there in September. I was supposed to be in Ansi, which is right beside Chamonix. It's just oh. one mountain over. And like I have friends at Chamonix. I'm like, guys, we'll be like, we're only one mountain over. Like, we can meet <laughs> at the top of the mountain, you know? Like, that way. And then... Um, COVID hit and obviously that didn't happen but yeah I mean I'm, I'm I still have my stuff in boxes like I haven't wow. really unpacked because it's like oh. I was supposed to be in ANSI living there so it's just for me it was like oh my god and you know just being back in Toronto I'm like you know it's not home for me like yeah my family's here fine but I don't I did I've never planted roots in Toronto or in Ontario because it's not where my end goal is like right it's gonna it's gonna be in Europe so we agree we agree with everything you're saying (laughs) (laughs) oh that makes it even harder I feel for you that's that's such an amazing well, if you, when you when you move to Europe, I, I guess you can, of the races you DNF'd, you're going to slowly get those back and get that monkey off your back, I guess, right? Eventually, over the years. No? But there's some races I would do and I wouldn't do. Like, oh, okay. redo. Like, I think, like, Labrador was great. Um, would I redo it? Probably not. Mm. Um, there's a race I may do in August. It's the Suturol Sky Race, which is in Bolzano, which is right beside mm. it. And it's I mean, it's like 127K and like 8,000 meters, like serious, serious sky race. But I like Lavaredo. Would I do it again? I don't know. Because mm. when I DNF'd Leadville, it took me four years to get back to Leadville because it was just constantly on my mind. Because I DNF'd in 2010 and then it took me four years. 2014, I finally had to go back. I said, I got to get this thing done. So it may come up maybe 10 years from now, 20 years from now. You said, you know what? I will finally get this thing off my Hunos. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I never say never. Like, I, I probably do Labrador. <laughs> I do really, really want to do Mute. Like, it's a race. Like, I'm, I'm dying to do because Madeira is unreal. Like that island. Like that is a mud. Like a must do race. Like 
I've never been to an island like the the topography, the scenery, the food, the people. Like really, it's amazing. It oh. really is. Okay, I guess that's added to our <laughs> list now. <laughs> our list is already as long as it can get. With Madeira, is like it's the elevation. I guess, or the altitude, like really you're not that high up, but I had problems. Like I was training with like Nick and I'm like, <gasps> like, I was like, I couldn't breathe. And he's like, <laughs> I know I can't breathe. I like, <laughs> you get up pretty high and it's like, I've never experienced altitude like that. Mm. It was like, <gasps> so it, it takes a little bit of adjusting, but mm, right. yeah, you guys have to do mute. Okay. Definitely. We'll, we'll put it on our list. <laughs> So what advice would you give someone who's just starting in the ultra world right now? What advice would you give since you've le- you learned your way through all these races? <laughs> you learned the hard way. You learned the hard way. So what advice would you give? Um, it's just one foot in front of the other. You know, you have to listen to your body. And that's the most important part. Like everybody can give you advice and tell you what to do and how to do it. But at the end of the day, you have to listen to what's going on inside of you, both mentally and physically, because at the end of the day, you're responsible for your body. You have to take ownership of it. So if you're feeling off or something's wrong, just listen to your intuition and to your instinct. Right. And that's it. Like it just comes with experience and just, getting out there and running and trying. And if you don't succeed, do it again. If you succeed, great. If you fall, get back up. That's it. That's great advice because like you said before, you have to see the failure in people to know what is possible because you did not let any of those roadblocks stop you and you're still moving forward and you're still as invigorated about it as you were Going in, which is awesome. Fail your way to success. <clears throat> that's right. <laughs> Baby steps, that's it. So we like to finish our podcast with a little bit of rapid fire questions, if you don't mind, just to have a little fun. So just first thing, first thing that comes into your head. All right, here we go. 80s or 90s music? 90s. Have you lost a toenail from running? Like 200. <laughs> <laughs> My girl. <laughs> Do you have a tattoo? Yes. Uh, your favorite post-race reward? Beer. beer. My girl. Beer. We need to hang out more. <laughs> right? I was actually near you. I was just in mono yesterday. No way. Yeah. Aw, next time, let us know. Okay. Yeah, so what's worse, a treadmill run or running in minus 20? Outside. <laughs> Minus 20. Minus 20. Okay. Favorite junk food? Oh, I have so many. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, what's the one you felt? What's one that you picked up along your, uh, on your tours? Oh, okay. Probably donuts. I really like donuts. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking you going to say something like gelato or something because every country has gelato. <laughs> it's not even that bad. Like, I just, donuts are, I'm so Canadian. Like, donuts have a way to make <laughs> Oh, speaking of Canadian, Ryan Reynolds or Ryan Gosling? Ryan Reynolds. Uh, where haven't you traveled that's, like, number one on your list? And not race-related, just you want to visit that country to explore? Mm, I think it would be... It's a tie between Chile and Antarctica. Oh, wow. I was just going to say, because you've done five continents, right? So two more to go, and you're going to be part of this, the uh, Seven Continent Club. That's right. 
I, my bucket list is to get down to Antarctica secretly to steal a penguin and bring it home. <laughs> <laughs> also, it would, I mean, there is a race down there, which would be really cool, but I just, I don't like the cold. It's just my ulterior motive, take the penguin and put it in my freezer at home. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And finally, say good day, mate, in an Australian accent. Good day, mate. Oh, that's pretty good. Pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> where can we reach you when you get back on social <laughs> for people who want to who, who, for people who want to reach out to you um well there's my website www.whorundtheworld.ca you can contact me there also when i put my social media back on when i'm ready to come back into the social life it is carrots for lunch thank yeah. you so much rachel we had a blast you guys are the best. It's so nice to see you, too. <laughs> it only took a year and a half to, to get this podcast up. <laughs> I know. But I'm excited. This is awesome, guys. Well, we'll let you know when it's up, and uh, best of luck. They're jelly, but it's good. <laughs> awesome. Well, have a great weekend, and Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, Thank all that you. good stuff. Happy holidays. All right. Take care. Happy. Bye. Bye. Well, that was Rachel, and we apologize that there is no video for this on our YouTube channel. Yeah, we totally goofed and messed up the Zoom recording. So we apologize to Rachel, but we know we're going to come visit her when she's living in Italy. Yes. We're going to catch up with her again, and we'll have in-person video, which will be even better. It'll be cool. Yeah. That was a pretty cool uh, year she had. The fact yeah. <laughs> all the traveling is, is, the, is the main thing. Why? I would do something like that. Oh, for sure. She's not done. That's right. It's not about the the final destination. It's the journey. The journey. Yeah. The I, th journey. I think I heard that somewhere before. <laughs> the journey. Jeez. Okay. If you like our podcast. Ding, ding, ding. Join the family. Join the family. Support the channel. <laughs> Cheers. Ooh, that was quite the marathon. Thanks for listening to the Gotta Run Racing Podcast with your hosts, Norman and Jody. Please visit us at gotterunracing.com for more information on our events or simply drop us an email at gotterunracing at gmail.com. And be sure to check out our YouTube channel to stream the video version of this episode. Oh, and if you like my voice, check me out at tylerherchuk.ca. T-Y-L-E-R-H-Y-R-C-H-U-K. Gotta run!